What's up guys, welcome back to the Muay Thai Magic Podcast. I'm your host Ellis Barboza. If you're new here, make sure you hit the subscribe button now and follow us each week. We are the number one Muay Thai podcast around. Each week we cover everything Muay Thai, um, fight strategies, talks with the top fighters around the world, interviews and just an insight into the way champions of the sport do things and how they've got to where they are today. Whether you're just starting out in Muay Thai and you're looking for something to listen to or you've been training for years and you're just interested in everything Muay Thai, I think everyone can take something from these talks each week. Don't forget as well to follow us on our social media which is at Muay Thai Magic on Instagram and if you want to follow my personal journey within the sport it's at Ellis Barboza on Instagram too. Right in this week's episode I spoke to pro fighter Ognijan Topic. Um, Ognijan does not need any introduction to you guys, he has achieved loads within the sport. He is signed to uh, one championship, he currently trains at PK Sancho Muay Thai Gym in Thailand and he has took his career to there full time. So. In this chat we spoke about everything in his career so far that has led him to where he is today so this was a real good one um stick around have a listen um i think you'll really enjoy it let's get into it hey what's up what's going on <laughs> going good good yeah i was locked down for you uh it's all right doing doing the best that you can with the uh situation yeah, I've seen on your Instagram you're staying active. Yeah, definitely. Getting by. What's the situation yeah. like in the US at the moment? Uh, it's it's pretty bad with the uh with the riots. I'm in yeah. I'm currently in uh Brooklyn, so it's it's uh bad over here as well. There's a lockdown at uh at 8 p.m. for yeah. us here, so that's it, man. Just trying to make the best out of uh the worst. Yeah, I've seen on the news it looks pretty hectic over there. Yeah. Crazy man. Um, how long have you been back in the US then? Uh, since the end of March. It was like March twenty something, twenty seventh. Yeah. Did you just go back as soon as the whole crisis started? Well, I I stayed for a few weeks because I uh, I was supposed to fight end of March as well. So yeah. um so I wanted to see if you know there was a chance to uh, fight, but then you know Lumpany closed down and. Uh, and uh, the uh, embassy told us that if we have a chance to get back, then got to get back as, as soon as possible. Otherwise, we might be, you know, locked up uh, abroad. Okay. Yeah. So what, yeah. what's the situation over there? Are you, um, was you living there full time? Where? In Thailand? In Thailand, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I spent last year and then the year before that, uh, I would say probably like eight, eight months out of the year over there and then I just come back here to America just for uh just to make some extra money and uh you know that's that's pretty much it okay cool well we'll just get started um at the very start of your journey then within the sport um so where did it all begin with within Muay Thai for you uh when I was 18 years old 18 okay. I uh I, I I saw Muay Thai for the first time on TV and uh and then i just automatically knew that's what i wanted to do and i went to i went online to start looking for gyms and i found the gym which is north jersey muay thai that's the gym that i'm still with now here in america and that was it so since okay. 18 i've been uh doing it and then my first fight was i believe at 20. so about two years after i started training okay so was it at that point then that you sort of knew that you'd do this um for the foreseeable future 
Um, well, no, I, I, I knew as soon as I saw it on TV that this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to fight, but I had some issues with my uh, parents. Um, you know, my parents brought me to America to uh, make make something of myself. You know, them looking at them looking at fighting is like you know the lowest form of of making money. It's yeah. like you know you tried you tried to go to school that failed. You did this that failed. Now you literally have no other choice but to fight for your money. So that's <laughs> how they saw it. So they didn't yeah. uh, they didn't let me um, they didn't let me fight at first. Uh, so then I had to go behind their back and, and, you know, I was, I was fighting as an amateur for like, shit, probably like six, seven years. And they had no, no idea I was, I was doing that. Yeah. No way. Sneaky stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, how many, how many amateur fights did you have before you turned pro? Uh, 20. Okay. And what was your record? Do you know? Mm, I don't remember. Don't remember. Yeah. Okay. So you was around 20 years old when you had your first pro fight. Yeah. Okay, what's the um, sort of setup like in in the US then regarding that? Um, uh, well, when I when when I first started, it was uh, three two minute rounds, yeah. um, and you know they pretty much let us fight without shin guards and headgear right off the bat. The first fight that I had was shin guards and headgear, uh, just no no elbows. Um, everything else was allowed, and that was three rounds two two minutes. And then uh, the second fight was already no headgear, just shin guards. And then the third fight, I think it was just everything was uh, off. And then I think my fourth fight, I started wanting to fight uh, five rounds only because I, I knew that I wanted to um, uh, fight, you know, as close as possible to uh, the Thai style. And yeah. uh, at that time, I was just watching so many uh, fights from Lumpini Stadium. I would go to these, uh, like, Thai grocery stores, and they would have, like, a wall just filled with all tapes from Lumpini fights. And I would just buy those like on a on a weekly, every two weeks, uh, basis, and I would just watch those, and um, that's where that that's what helped me shape my style as well. Yeah, you've got a very like uh, what they call Moy for style, I think. Yeah, yeah. Very like yeah. Thai style. Um, okay, yeah. so what's the what's the actual scene like in America? Would you say the level compared to the rest of the world? From, uh, your, from your opinion. Yeah. I think there's there's some good fighters here, but it's just I think the fact that um, uh, most of these guys maybe don't want to work hard enough, and uh, uh, guys and girls they just don't want to put the work in, and it's understandable because you know the the money is shit. You get no money for this, so it's just if you love this, then you're gonna be able to uh, go far with it probably. But if if you're just you know doing it for fun, then it's gonna be a tough road. Yeah, it seems to me that I think MMA is the bigger thing over in Yeah, the yeah definitely. It pays a lot better as well. Yeah. Okay, so um, when did it then come about that you you thought you'd move to Thailand and um, move there full-time and, and take your career to there? Well, the same thing. I, I, I mean, as soon as I started doing the sport, I wanted to go to Thailand, but, you know, I had issues with my parents and uh, I was still living under their roof. Um, yeah. at that age so I had to uh, obey by their rules and I don't want to make it seem like my parents are like these monsters they're not I, I love my parents and my parents love me but they just wanted the best for me you know and I understood yeah. that and I, and I respect that and um, but you know when you love something man nothing can stand in your way so um, I think when I was 22 uh, that was my first trip to Thailand and I was and I would go there for a month 
and then come back. And then every year I would try to go there for a month. Sometimes it took me about two years to get back. Um, and then, uh, and I would get, I would get a lot out of even just going there for a month because I was just so focused and I was copying pretty much everything that the, uh, that the, the fighters were doing, you know, yeah. as far as their style and, and the mentality, the way they train. So I was still able to, uh, get a lot out of it. Um, even just for that month. And then, uh, and then in, uh, 2014, that's when I ended up quitting, you know, after that I finished college as well for graphic design and then uh, I had a good job for design. But, um, you know, throughout that time I was, I was uh, fighting and it was just getting very difficult to uh, balance uh, both professions. You know, I, w I would go yeah. to work from 9 to 5 and then from 5 to 9 I would be literally in the gym trying to make up for two, two sessions uh, yeah. in that, in that, in that um, space. So my body was just like breaking down and I made, made a decision and I said, fuck it, I'm just going to quit my job. I'm going to dedicate everything, uh, all my time to Muay Thai and that's what I did. Yeah. Uh, that and then I, was one of the things I wanted to talk about. I have seen that you have your page called Topic Creative. So you're obviously very multi-talented. Um, yeah. Would you say that fighting is the forefront for you or, or the design? Yeah, absolutely. Fighting is. There's nothing nothing uh, else rivals fighting in my life. So, this, is the, this is the most important thing. Yeah, so the design is sort of like a side hustle, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I love design and that's why that's why I'm good at it because, I, I again, I was very focused and I put everything I can into uh, design. So, um, but, you know, Muay Thai is number one. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, just touching on the the Thailand a little bit in a little bit more detail. Obviously, you train at uh, PK Sanchai Gym. Yeah. Which is probably the the big one of the biggest gyms in Thailand. Um, how did that come about in terms of staying there full time? Are you are you sponsored by them, um, or did you sort of have to come into an agreement with them regarding staying there? Um, well, I chose PK because. Um I was, uh, you know, when I made the decision to go back there uh, for for full time, um, you know, to spend most of my time there, I was searching for gyms who had the most amount of elite fighters uh, yeah. in the gym and um, and the least amount of foreigners. Um, so I found PK and, uh, and they had obviously, I mean, they housed some of the most elite fighters in, in, in Thailand. Uh, no other gym has that many uh, world-class fighters. Um, you know, uh, Jit Magnon is is another another high-level gym. Um, but PK was also uh, a very good location, so I chose them. And then um, and then I told them that uh, I I still wanted to pay something because I didn't want to I didn't want to get sponsored. Um, uh, and you know, when you get sponsored, then you pretty much have to do everything that the the gym wants you to do. And, uh, so you don't have, you, you give up all your control. So if you're, if, you know, as a suggestion to anyone listening, that's willing to go to Thailand, if you do have extra money, then, um, you know, I, was, I would suggest still paying for something, but, um, you know, you can just make a deal. So I made a good deal with them and they gave me a, uh, discount. Um, and that's that. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, my second family now. Yeah. It seems that way. Seems like a very close, um, close knit gym. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what's the what was the, the level difference that you noticed between training in the, the US and then moving to Thailand? Well, the difference is is huge. 
and I was I was already used to the uh, the level difference in um, uh, you know from from America to uh, Thailand uh, because I was you know I, I used to go to uh, MMA Air Gym and those guys yeah. were all high level fighters too. So when I would come back to uh, New Jersey, I mean, um, uh, there would be a huge difference. I mean, it was just easy for me to uh, to to train with everybody and. You're just not. You're not going to get better if if that's the uh, the case. You constantly have to challenge yourself. So uh, the same thing goes with um, PK Senchai. I mean, this is the reason why why I had to go back to uh, to Thailand uh, to start training at PK Senchai because I just uh, exhausted all my options here in America um, yeah. as far as my training partners. And there's there's a couple of good guys here in New York, um, but they're still not on that on that uh, level. Um, so, so that was my decision for um, for going to uh, Thailand and choosing PK. Yeah, no, I understand that completely. Um, yeah. Okay, what does the, the an average day look like in in the gym at PK Sanctuary? Uh, well, we wake up around yeah, we wake up at six a.m. and then we go to the uh, there's a park nearby. We do our run, uh, which lasts an hour. Then we come back to the gym. Um, we hit the bag. If you have a fight coming up, then you uh, then you go on pads with a uh, trainer. Um, and that's within you know two weeks. Um, you can spar if you want. You can uh, yeah. It's usually just just sparring in, in the uh, in the morning sometimes, but but mainly it's it's uh, hitting the bag, doing the weights, uh, and then you know we uh, we go back to our rooms. We eat, try to get some sleep. And then the uh, the second session begins at 3 p.m. in the evening, um, and then we go for a, a light run. We come back, skip rope, um, either hit the bag or hit the pads, whichever one comes first. Uh, then clinch, clinches, clinching is very important. Um, and then three weeks, three three days a week, uh, we do boxing as well as sparring. Yeah. Um, and then you can also throw in there. Uh, um, uh, uh, you know, Muay Thai, Muay Thai sparring as well. So, uh, so that's pretty much the uh, daily schedule, and that's Monday through uh, Saturday. Sunday we got uh, we got a day off. Yeah, that's something I wanted to touch on. Actually, I, I do see quite a lot of, of videos at that gym of boxing sparring. Would you say that's an emphasis at PK Sancho? Uh, I wouldn't. It's not really an emphasis, you know, to to start punching a lot, but it's just. Uh, it's just something that I think that we all enjoy doing, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we do a lot of the uh, the boxing sparring. Um, we don't do too much regular Muay Thai sparring because everybody's already at a, at a high level. But every once in a while, as you as you guys have seen, as you guys saw my uh, video today that I posted up, uh, just call out one of the fighters and then we we throw our shin pads on and we we just have fun and, and spar. Yeah. So um, training alongside so many so many good fighters is, is great in itself. Um, how would you say um, the gyms in Thailand control things like egos and and amongst the best fighters? Um, you said how do they control egos? Yeah, I'm sure. You... I'm sure when they get to the highest level, it must come about. Uh, yeah, I mean we all have egos and. Uh... I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as you're you're able to control your ego and uh, all of us all the ties they they never really have an ego where it's like you know out of control and they want to knock you out or hurt you or something like that 
Yeah. I mean, there's there's been times where where I was in those situations, not necessarily at PK Senshai, but at uh at another gym, uh, because you know we're all we're all competitive, and that's gonna come come out every once in a while, that competitive edge, edge. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's mainly dealing with the foreigners. The foreigners love to come in there and try to uh, start shit, you know, and uh, yeah. show that they're like tough guys and stuff, and they just don't understand the um the Thai way of doing things because in Thailand, you know, we, yeah, of course we train hard, but if we're sparring in boxing, yeah, we, we go, we go a little heavier because we have the big gloves and, uh, and that limits us from hurting each other. But, um, uh, but as far as, uh, uh, regular Muay Thai goes, uh, we always go easy and we already, we've already all proven that we're, we're tough and we can fight and we can hang in there when when uh when it's the real thing so why try to do it when you're training you know when you're training you're supposed to just uh keep improving and if you spar hard and you get injured um or egos get involved then you know you're fucked you can't you can't continue uh fighting yeah as you said about the foreigners um would you say being a foreigner it, it takes you a little bit of a while to sort of earn um the respect in a gym like that um no it doesn't as, as long as you do things the right way and you, you train hard and you show them that you're good and you show them that you're willing to learn and you show them, show them that you're respectful and you do things their way, then, you know, with, within a week, within days, you, you're going to earn their respect. Uh, so it's not difficult at all. Okay. Are there many foreigners at PK? There are now, yeah. yeah. So when I, first, when I first came there, I was pretty much the only one. Um, but you know the deal that I made with them is uh, uh, you know to help me out with the uh, with the monthly costs uh, I would promote their gym on uh, on on social media so uh, once I started promoting then a lot more people started um, coming to the gym and now now there is quite a few foreigners um, but that's not to say that the uh, that the training is uh, getting watered down the training is still at a high level because uh, PK the the owner um, he, he, you know, that's, that's his money maker, the, uh, the fighters. So, uh, so yeah, the fighting, the, the, uh, the training is always at a high level, no matter what. Yeah. It seems like they always look like they're beating it. Yeah. Um, okay. So when was your first fight in Thailand and who was it against? Uh, the first time when I went there, when I was 22, it was against, uh, some English guy. Uh, and that was that was one of those fights where, you know, you just it was down in Patea and you just show up and they're like pair you up with anybody. So the guy was like, forty fifty pounds heavier than me. Um, yeah. Did you win? And yeah, I won that fight. Yeah, nice. I won that fight. And then uh, and then after that, the second time, uh, that the second time was actually against uh, Stephen Milady. and okay. he, yeah, he won he won that fight on points. He, he just had like a more. To fight either, mate. Yeah, he he just had more uh, experience at that time because he was already living and training there, yeah. and so uh, so he won that fight, and then uh, and then obviously we fought again, and then the third time uh, I went there again it was the same thing I stayed there for a month, and that was right before I made I, I quit my job and made that made that jump to live in in, in Thailand full time, yeah. and so. Um, uh, 
And so I fought a tie, but again, this guy like outweighed me by like 50, 60 pounds and I beat that guy too. So that was good. And then after I came back to live there full time, then that's when I started fighting on Max Muay Thai and Lumpini Stadium and Rajdamin Stadium and then uh, that was it. Yeah, that leads me on to the next thing. Um, so does, would you say you have to sort of build yourself up to get to the bigger stadiums in Thailand? Yeah, or, definitely. Yeah, I mean, anybody can fight at the, at the uh, big stadiums, Lumpini Stadium, anybody. You can be like an amateur and, and, and fight there. You know, they have small shows and they have the big shows. But to be able to fight on big shows and to be able to fight against elite level fighters, then yeah, you have to prove yourself and you have to show them that you're, you're going to be able to uh, hand, handle yourself against these guys. Because again, the ties don't like... I mean, yeah, of course, they like a, a, a quick a quick turnaround in a fight where somebody gets knocked out, but if it's in their favor. But usually, they like to have a close close fight where they can, you know, bet bet money on it. So yeah. they want they want competitive fights, not something where, um, you know, not where like a foreigner gets knocked down in in the first round. Yeah. Okay. All right. So moving back to a little bit um at the more start of your career. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Lion Fight. So you had quite a lot of um, fights on this promotion. Yeah. Uh, would you say it was Lion Fight that sort of boosted your name within within the sport at the start? Yeah, as a pro, I think so, definitely, because that was the uh, that was the first um, promotion that was on TV. So yeah. before then, I was I was uh, I was no I was known in the country in America, but. It wasn't as as much as it was when uh, when I started fighting for Lion Fight for that for that obvious reason. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Right. So now, just a little. I've got a couple of questions that are um, a little bit deeper that someone have asked, some people have asked. Um, what would you say it takes the core the core thing it takes to be a good fighter? Um, I think it's it's pretty much with with anything. That you, that you want to be very good at and I think that's just focus focus is uh, the number one thing and and I'll try to explain that um, you know like let's say when you go to the gym and um, and your coach tells you to go hit the bag and uh, maybe you don't feel like hitting the bag that's the time where you have to focus and really start working on things that you feel like you need to uh, work on you don't work on the things that you're already good at um, of course you want to go over those things but it's mainly going to be things that you need uh, help with. So you go on there and you and you just drill those things. You drill, drill, drill constantly um, until it becomes second nature. Um, and then same thing, like let's say when you're when you're sparring. Um, so instead of just instead of just going through the motions and uh, just you know returning and receiving hits and stuff like that, you have to start thinking on a different level. And something that's helped me tremendously is thinking about um, thinking about what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, and then you have to think about what your opponent is doing right and what they're doing wrong. And then, uh, and then you know, throughout those things, that's when you start making those small little minute decisions with the timing. Uh, yeah. You know, like let's say your opponent kicks, you evade the kick, now's the time to come back and return that kick. If you're out of range, then you got to fix that for the next minute. And you got to yeah. tell yourself, okay, instead of stepping back this far, I got to step back this far, make small little decisions so I can, I can, I can attack that guy back. Those are the, uh, those are the, the differences that, that uh, separate a good fighter and an elite fighter, or or even a high level fighter and an elite fighter. 
small little details like that. And that's what I mean by, uh, by focus. Yeah. I guess focus is, is the same, um, something you take into all, all paths of life, so with your design and things like yeah. that. No matter what um, it is you choose to do, it's something you need to be elite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, uh, uh, anything that, that I care about, that I like to do, I want to be the best that I can be. Yeah. Um, I may not be able to get there, but I don't care. I strive for it regardless. Yeah. Okay, so um, the next question someone asked, out of all of your fights, um, which would you say is the most notable personally? Um, uh, I don't even know, man. I, I, to be honest with you, I'm not really emotionally attached to any of my fights. I, I guess uh, I just look at them as, as tasks, you know, and I see a, uh, you know, I see an issue, a problem in front of me, and yeah. I, I think about how I'm going to, uh, you know, defeat that issue or, or solve that problem, and that's it. So, I mean, if I lose a fight, um, I, don't, I don't dwell on it too, too long. I just try to uh, learn from what happened, and that's it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess the only time that I, I was emotionally attached is when, uh, when my trainers were, were, uh, happy that I, you know, won a title or something like that, you know, seeing the look on their faces made me happy because, um, you know, they were, they were happy with that decision. But for me, it was just like, okay, I, I got the title. What's next? I need to come up with, with whatever is, uh, next. Yeah. Okay. Um, next one, it, uh, someone asked, as a young fighter, what does it take to uh, train in Thailand and, and have success? Well, as, as somebody that's young, uh, because this is how I did it, and um, this is what worked for me, I, I, I concentrating, I concentrated on, on setting myself up uh, the right way. So, you know, I had to save a lot of money to be able to... Uh, go out in Thailand and then obviously quit my job that was paying me well. Um, and that was my career. I had to, I had to quit that and I had to have enough money saved where I would be able to, uh, sustain, sustain the, the living costs in, um, in Thailand. Yeah. So I think setting yourself up correctly is, is the, uh, is one of the most important things. And then also obviously part of that is not having any debt. Um, and um, you know, I know, I know that's very difficult for some for some people. But you have to choose what's what's important to you. You know, I, I could have been driving around in, in nice cars when I was when I was younger, but I cho chose to drive, uh, you know, shitty cars for like, or the same car for like eleven years. Yeah. Um, and essentially, that's like driving a free car. You know, and I was just saving money, pocketing money constantly, and. Uh, and once you have that financial freedom, I mean, you're, you're pretty much free. You're, you're no longer a slave, you know. Um, yeah. I can make any decision that I want now. And I'm not saying I have tons of money or, or I'm rich. Uh, but not having any debt is like, I think that's, that's one, of the, uh, one of the best things that these younger guys can, uh, can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I suppose you are just free then to do whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, next question. Um, how how does a fighter overcome fear? Uh, well, fear we all we all have fear. Uh, so I I want everybody to understand. No matter what level you are, I don't care if you're Sanchai, I don't care if you're this guy, that guy. We all have fear. And in fact, when I when I was fighting Sanchai, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm looking at him and he's sitting across me uh, uh, where we were going to fight and his legs yeah. are bouncing up and down. And obviously that's that's sound sign of being nervous. And it's not only him, but it's all these fighters across the board. They're all like that. Right before the fight, you go to Rajnaman Stadium, Mumpani Stadium. All these guys are like fidgeting and being nervous, you know, just, just showing uh, s signs of uh, being fearful and nervous. So I want everybody to understand we all have fear. I have fear every time I step in that ring. But it's uh, like, you, you know, like you were saying, um, what we do with that fear and being able to uh, turn that fear uh, into, uh, into something that's going to something that's gonna be, uh, be able to help us. So uncontrolled fear is a useless emotion. Controlled fear is a uh, positive and helpful emotion. Yeah. So I think the best, the best thing you can do is just revert back to your training. Uh, so that's why when I'm training, I'm, I'm always giving 100% of myself. Um, and, uh, you know, those times where you're on the pads and you feel your lungs burning and you want to quit and you can't no longer, you have to have some kind of trigger in there when you're training and to be able to say to yourself, okay, you have to push harder because this is exactly that point where it's going to uh, come into the fight when, you, when you're, you know, right before you step into that ring and you start thinking about, okay, I'm, I'm fearful, I'm fighting, up, I'm fighting against the guy that has 200 fights uh, against my uh, 50, 60 fights. How yeah. am I supposed to handle this? Okay, I, I can't handle this because I, I, I train with these elite-level guys and, uh, and even, even if you're not train, training against these elite-level guys, again, it goes back to that focus um, that we were discussing and your hard training so i think that's one of the uh one of the best ways to um uh go about controlling uh fear just reverting back to uh your your training yeah. and let's let's put ourselves in a in a scenario where let's say you don't have enough you didn't have enough time to train because i've been in those i've been in those situations too where you know you're in thailand and you're not yeah, training so hard you're not training hard for a fight and then boom you got you your your trainer comes up to you and says Hey, you have to fight uh, next week or this week within four days, and you're like, "Holy fuck!" I was eating pizza just two days ago. How am I supposed to fight? I, I got no, I got I got nothing. Yeah. And then you and then you you know you you go into that situation, um, uh, and you have to just revert back to uh, your um, you know your confidence and the uh, and all the uh, the skills that you've accumulated up until that time. You know, but you're never going to really able to uh, know how to control it unless you put yourself in that position. You know, so so same thing with with that. Uh, oh, let me just move on real quick. Same thing with the uh, pop this in. Same thing um, when I was telling you about you know trainers coming up to you and telling you, hey, you got to fight within four days, and you're like freaking out, especially if that's your first time. Um, because you've never done that. Usually up until that time, you always have like three weeks, four weeks of uh, hard training and then, you know, you're good to go. So uh, when that happened to me, obviously I was, I was afraid because I didn't know, I, you know, I think I, I thought I was going to gas out in the first round. Yeah. But um, it was about controlling how much output you do uh, within the fight, you know, saving your, saving your energy. And then once I did that, I was like, man, this is, this is easy work. I can take a fight on at any any moment's notice now, if if it, if it comes, because I've experienced that already, and you and you knew uh, what that felt like. So, yeah. so sometimes you have to just uh, do things with fear, so you're able to um, 
you're able to realize how you can go about nullifying the fear and, and being able to uh, control it. Uh, because, like I said, obviously you're never going to know until you actually put yourself in that position. Yeah. I guess once you push, that, push yourself past those barriers once, that's it then. The fear is broken and, and you can do it multiple times again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so um, next next part of of the, the questions. Someone asked about um, fighting Sancho. So what is it actually like to fight him? Um, and what would you say it is that makes him so good? Uh, fighting Sancho was like a free private training lesson for me. And I got paid for, for it too. Yeah, uh, I learned I learned a lot fighting him, and one of the one of the main things uh, that I learned was was speed. You know, I, I knew I knew the aspect of the the valuability of of speed and what that was in a fight, but um, I was truly able to see it for the first time fighting him, uh, and you know, like the uh, the explosive power and stuff like that. So yeah. that's what um that's what I learned uh, fighting Sanchai. Yeah. Okay. Right then. So moving on to uh, one championship. Um, is that your is that your ultimate goal within the sport, um, or, would you, or would you say you have other goals within the sport? Uh, no. My my main goal is is to uh, continue fighting in Lumpini, get ranked over there, and uh, and see where that takes me. Hopefully, I can I can have a uh, chance to fight um, for the title at Lumpini yeah. Stadium, and uh, and. Being with PK Sanchai, I can do it. Uh, I just have to, you know, I mean, we're dealing with, with very bad situations right now. And so, I mean, six months is already wasted for me. And I'm, I'm 34 years old already. Uh, and that's, that's the thing that I'm fighting against now mainly is just time and uh, my age. So as long as I'm, I'm still healthy and I'm able to uh, train at a, at a, at a high level, uh, I'm I'm gonna continue fighting for uh, for what I love the most, and that's you know fighting at uh, Lumpini Stadium and uh, being a uh, trying to become a champion over there. Yeah, makes sense. I think that's the ultimate goal for a lot of fighters, and it, I think I think personally it means a lot more than a title at one championship to to earn a title. Yeah. In yeah, I think I think for one championship, I can go back to one championship, you know. Uh, when I'm 39, 40 years old. But for Lumpini Stadium, I think I have to really dedicate myself now uh, in order to, um, in order to, uh, you know, be able to fight against these younger guys. Yeah, damn brother, 34 inch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just read that. Thanks, Mata. <laughs> there you go. Okay, um, what would you say the level differences then, which that puts the the stadium fighters um, aside? from the fighters either outside of Thailand or fighters that don't fight in the stadium? Uh, the only difference is, I would say, is um, knowing what what scores and what doesn't score. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, the Thais, the Thais know that system well, and I know it now well, too. There's no excuses for me uh, when it comes to that. Uh, but, you know, doing, you know, you can, you can win a round by doing, like, a couple of kicks, you know, three three powerful kicks, you you, you can win a, a whole round. Uh, yeah, that can like set you apart. Uh, it all depends on the situation, obviously, and what the other guy did uh, against what you did. So it's 
it's it's a it's a whole different scoring system, and I I love that scoring system, the way they score things in Thailand, and you can also trust the way they score things in Thailand because it's it's the same across the board. You don't have yeah. to second guess yourself when you know you're going to different countries and fighting. How are they going to score this? Are they going to score like a kickboxing match or a true Muay Thai match? And even if it's true Muay Thai match, have these guys even ever been to Thailand? You know, so it's it's that's that's pretty much the uh, the difference. Um, and then as far as the fighters in in one championship, I mean, those guys are also all high level uh, fighters and uh, and they're all very good. It's just obviously uh, the uh, the the scoring criteria yeah. you know and how judges score and what they look for so i mean you can you can lose a fight just based off that it doesn't mean you're you're a bad fighter it's just you fucked up yeah okay so how did the the signing with one championship happen was that through pk was it no it wasn't um uh that happened when i was with one of my uh managers and uh i saw that they um i saw that they uh uh are accepting uh, Muay Thai fighters, and then right away I sent a message to my uh, manager. He reached out to them, and I yeah. got signed, and that was it. That's a, that's unusual for a Muay Thai fighter to have a manager, I think. Yeah, at that at that time I got one about three four years ago. I'm no I'm no longer with any managers now, but this was um, a couple a uh, couple years ago, yeah. and. Um, I just didn't want to deal with, you know, talking to promoters um, about fights and stuff like that, and then making all those, all the uh, decisions for me. Just have somebody else make the decision. Tell me who I'm fighting against, uh, for how much money, and that's it. I'll show up. I didn't want to go through all the uh, the logistics stuff. That was too much of a headache because I got a lot of other stuff that I have to think about. So um, at that time, I didn't have a manager, and I mean, I, that's when I had the manager, and now. I don't have a uh, manager because I'm mainly fighting at uh, Lumpini Stadium. So for me, it's perfect. They just tell me, okay, you're fighting at this date against this guy. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, in Thailand, when when the gym, obviously in in my gym, my um, my coach will say to me, okay, we've got this potential fight. Do you want to take it? I say yes or no. Being a fighter, I always say yes. Um, in Thailand, is it is it more like they say? you are fighting this person or do they pop you with a question in um in the gym that i used to train at eminent air that's that's basically how it was and you know like i was saying it can be within four days three days sometimes the next day they'll ask you to uh to fight or tell you to fight yeah and it's uh it's i'm not gonna say it's a bully mentality but i'm gonna say that it's like uh you know it's more of like that uh pressuring mentality like oh you have to fight and if you don't fight then uh everybody's gonna talk shit about you at the gym and it's just not good so yeah. you know you you have to fight at pk sancha it's it's not like that they give you they give you um a uh, couple of weeks um uh before the fight and the reason for that is you know when you when you're when you're just starting out yeah that's that's when it doesn't really matter you just have to take any fight that you can get uh, yeah. But at but at PK Sencha, everybody's at a high level, so you know it's they they can't just pair you up with anybody because you they'll just get destroyed. So so you know both if 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 let's say Tawancha is fighting against uh, I don't know another elite level fighter, they're both gonna know uh, 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 a few weeks ahead of time or even a couple of months ahead of time that they're fighting each other. You know because everything is set up accordingly. 
Um, you're not just fighting anybody that's just, you know, training from any gym. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's just polish up a couple of these questions now. Right. First question. Um, Ryan McDowell, 05. Uh, growing up, did you like any other martial arts or did you do any other sports? Yeah, I did. Uh, well, my father was a professional soccer player. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I like playing um, football, soccer, football. That's what I mean. Um, yeah. I like playing that. But uh, my father wasn't, uh, you know, he was busy with his own with his own stuff as as far as being uh, a professional soccer player, and then you know working constantly, and he didn't really have time to um, uh, to teach me soccer. So then I I trailed into uh, taekwondo, and uh, I did that for four years before before I started doing Muay Thai, and I got my black belt. But throughout that time, I just I knew it was bullshit. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. It was. I, I only did Taekwondo because my parents didn't want to let me do boxing, traditional boxing. Yeah. And then uh, when I was 18, when I got that black belt, that's when I found out about Muay Thai and I just knew automatically that that's, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. You fall in love with it straight away, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Um, someone said, what's, what's going to happen with you when you retire? Do you want to open a gym? Uh that's not really one of my goals to open up a gym. I would just say that I'm, again, like I was saying before, I'm trying to build up my future now. And, um, and I'm trying to uh, set myself up financially so that I don't have to uh, choose what I need to necessarily uh, do as far as living goes. I'm trying to make, I'm trying to get multiple uh, streams of income. Um, so I don't have to make that choice. But as of now, I would just do uh, you know, personal training, my seminars, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Cool. Um, next one. Okay, we did we did touch on this a little bit. Um, are there any notable opponents you fought in Thailand that um, you realized they were a high level? Yeah, I fought. Um, I fought uh, Na Nawi. Uh, he was a uh, uh, Rajdhanan champion. Right after I fought him, and then I fought also um, Nontaki Tomosi. He fought against. Uh, he fought again. He he was also a champion, Lumpini champion. Uh, right after I fought him, also, and uh, those were very high level guys. I learned a lot from them too, fighting them. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. All the other guys were just you know, high level fighters. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, among so many high-level fighters. Say it again. Did, did you hear that? Um, what's it like to train amongst so many high-level fighters? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that that was that was the biggest issue here in America. Uh, nobody has that mentality. You know, you're you're trying to um, you're trying to look at those small little small little details. And nobody really gives a shit. You know, enough yeah. to uh, be the best that they can be. So then. Um, it's very difficult for you to constantly uh, mentally think that way. It's like so, so exhausting, you know. And um, and then obviously you're beating everybody around in the gym. And then even if people come from other gyms, you're not really getting getting challenged. So then now when I go to to uh, Thailand, now it's it's amazing. I mean, it's it's you know the the challenge is always there. Um, you're always trying to fight for. Uh, 
uh, fight for your basically your keep when you're either sparring or or doing clinching. You know, it's not yeah. like I'm able to uh, do whatever I want with these guys because these guys are all at an extremely high level. Yeah, you see, um, a lot of gyms with when foreigners come in, they sort of get put separately to to the main people within the gym. Is that yeah. the case at PK, or do you sort of have to? Do you have um, to prove yourself first? It's it's not really about proving yourself. It's just about your your level. You know, they'll they'll uh, look at your level, and then they'll put you where you need to be put. You know, so if you're at a high level, then they they'll put you in with the uh, with the with the ties. Um, and then even if you're at a high level and you show that you're you know you're being an asshole and you're 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 uh, you're you're in jeopardy of hurting another tie. Um, you know, during training, then they won't they won't pair you up with with a tie because, like I was saying, uh, what's the point of getting hurt in, in, in training? You know, then you're not you're not going to be able to fight. So yeah. they'll they'll uh, they'll look at it in that way. So if you're just a beginner, why would they put you in with with a tie? I mean, not only is is he not getting anything out of it, but you're not going to get anything out of it either. There's got to be steps and levels to uh, to your training. Yeah. Okay. Um. Next one. Someone said, "What's it like to fight in the four-ounce gloves on one championship?" It's definitely different. First, um, there's there's a lot of fear because of the uh, of the eye pokes. So I'm I'm afraid of that because I only have one one good eye. The other one I have I don't know some kind of like stigmatism or something that if I close my eye my depth perception is off and everything's blurry. So if I lose my other good eye then I'm fucked not only can I not fight I can't do design anymore either yeah. so that's one thing I'm afraid of that uh, the positive uh, and then another thing is your your hands you know your hands get damaged uh, when you fight so um, especially for us guys coming uh, learn uh, coming from fighting with big gloves or eight ounce gloves in a fight I mean it's a completely different things not only are we punching wrong and you have to relearn how to punch correctly with your with your knuckles, um, yeah. but uh, you know there's a higher chance of, of, of doing damage to your to your uh, hands. And then the positive aspect is obviously you you feel so much more powerful with uh, with those gloves. Uh, you feel a lot faster, and uh, the clinch is like so much easier um, to do when you're when you're fighting with the uh, eight ounce gloves. So I like them a lot, but obviously there's some negative. Um, negative uh, sides to it as well. Yeah, that's the one thing I think when I, when I look at it, I just think about my hands. Yeah. It's, it's going to feel like it's going to shatter your hands, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, lastly, what's the, the culture like over in Thailand, um, living there? Yeah, it's it, the culture is completely different. I mean, it's like night and day. The way The way the Westerners think, and then the way the the Asians think or or the Thais, and I remember coming to uh, from Serbia to America, and that was like a culture shock. That was that was crazy the way the way the Americans did certain things, you know, as uh, from from the way we did things in in the Balkans, and um, and now when I look at the huge difference between Asia and Thailand, it's like you know Serbia and America is like the same thing, you know. Yeah. So there's a there's a big difference, um, and it's you know it's just in the mentality, the way they, the way they're brought up, and uh, all you can do is just um, try to respect their culture and their mentality, and uh, try to uh, 
you know, just try to fit in as far as that goes. Yeah, understandable. Well, then, that's been perfect, mate. Um, that's pretty much everything. That's Sunday for now. Thank Sounds you for good. Your time. Yeah, of I'm course. I'm sure I'll see you in the future as well because I'm planning to come to PK St. Joy. So. Cool. Did you ever go to Thailand before? I've been twice. Um, I've trained at Sing Patong in Phuket. Yeah, it's a good gym. The gym I went to twice in Bangkok is Ratchanon Gym. Oh, okay. But the, the location's a bit... Um, it's in the middle of nowhere, as you said. Yeah. I've been coming to stay for a long time. I'd want to be a little bit more central. Yeah. PK is about like... Uh, 15, 15 minutes away from the uh, the center. Yeah. On like a motorbike, so it's not bad. It's it's a good location. Yeah. You have to hook me up, man. Yeah, definitely. Hook me out. Okay. Yeah, whenever well. you're ready. Whenever you're ready, just let me know, and uh, we'll we'll get everything settled. Yeah. Well, I'm I booked to come over in November, but for a month. But we'll see. We'll see how that bears up with COVID. Yeah, I, ex exactly. I should be there in November as long as everything is, uh, as long as everything is good. Yeah, <clears throat> I shall see you then. <laughs> all right, man. All right, mate. Thanks for your time. You got it. Thank you. Do it. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. I just want to say as well, if you've been enjoying these these chats each week, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review and a comment on whatever platform you're listening on, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It really does help me out. And for anyone who has messaged me, I really do appreciate it. Um, it, it really does motivate me to keep doing what I'm doing and bringing the best content from around the world. If anyone has got any suggestions of who you would like me to get on next, make sure you drop me a message and I'm sure I can sort it out. For now though, I'll see you next week.